and welcome back to Butter with That, a movies podcast with some friends from Philadelphia. And once again, we are all together. Yay. Wow. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Hurrah. The enthusiasm. Still, I'm still processing the food. I'm getting there, though. (laughs) Got it. Um, quite an adventure for Tori to get her food. Man, yeah, Christine saved my life. I was like in the car and I was like, I am like about to hit the point of hangry and it's like not going to be pretty. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get to um, the hopefully point? this will be a pleasant <laughs> podcasting experience. Mm. <laughs> but like when you're so hungry and then you reach a point where you're like, well, I'm not hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I get nauseous. I'm like, That's or like it. I get zoned out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I just get really like focused in or something. <laughs> kind of forget about it you're like just one thing will set me over the edge i think what i hate the most about eating is that when you eat breakfast rarely am i actually like satisfied i'm usually hungry like a little bit later Mm -hmm. like it doesn't actually like stop cravings until lunchtime anybody else feel that way or is that yeah yeah definitely yeah i never ate breakfast like ever yeah i never really do now yes like it feels like i'm forcing it sometimes and yeah love breakfast so much i mean i love breakfast foods like Mm. making breakfast on the weekends is really great but when i have to like eat before going to work or something it's just like another chore Mm. yeah yeah (laughs) this has been adulting hour on (laughs) breakfast with that that. Ooh. uh bacon with that butter with breakfast yep uh, before we jump into starting our new theme, uh, has anybody seen any good movies, TV shows, books, comics? Um, okay, so I watched two movies. Both of them I'm still on the fence about. One, The Night Before Christmas oh, on yes. Netflix. God, <laughs> what? honestly, it's garbage. But, oh um, you know, <laughs> you find yourself sucked into it. So basically, this knight from like the 1300s oh, has no. a quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he travels forward in time. Oh, the night tw- K. Yeah, you better believe that it's spelled with a K uh-huh. in the title. So he travels. I to see this movie in my brain. Uh huh. He falls in love with Vanessa Hudgens. Like that's his quest. It's so bad. And his name is Sir Cole. And <laughs> isn't that the movie Kate and Leopold or yes, something? Yes, it is Kate and Leopold. Um, but I read some letterbox reviews about it, and people were like, "Why is his name Circle?" <laughs> that one should not have left the page uh you know what just give it a watch it's worth it Um, was his mission to travel to like court and marry her or just as a coincidence yeah yeah yeah. no 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 Uh they were like destined to meet out of women in like the the 12th 13th century yeah well you know vanessa hudgens only countless things that could kill you wow Uh, wait does he stay in present day or does she go you're not giving a spoiler okay all right all right i must see i must see um and then on thanksgiving my family and i we watched the irishman and whatever it's fine however so you know my family is very italian and there might be a mention of familial relations in the movie and i was like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh my mom and i kind of freaked out a little bit so that's all I'll say about the Irishman. I uh, yeah, I saw it also. It's Dave, all... your comment was so funny. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about the movie. And in, in summation, is like I can't tell if this is like co-written by Martin Scorsese or Abe Grandpa Simpson because it just seems to like ramble on at times for a long, Man, like, a that long cloud. time for three and a half hours. Yeah, and like it's it's it is good. Like uh, Pacino, I thought was really really good in it. Yeah, he was great. Um, but yeah. 
I heard it was a good long. comeback for um, what's his name? Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Pesci. Yeah, he, 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 he was I think he did too. I think the acting was fine. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like very, very. It feels like a Scorsese movie for like AARP members. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, buying Robert De Niro is young. Oh, uh, and the that, weird like CGI like, oh, he digitally deages them, right? He barely, barely. It looks very strange just from the trailer. I was like, ugh. And I feel like with all the Scorsese talk of like Marvel movies aren't movies, like I just feel like I've been hearing about Scorsese for weeks and weeks and weeks now. That I'm kind of just ready for it. Well, be. he is uh, an AARP, you know, member Same. probably. So it is know. also a. Uh, it was a treat to see De Niro acting in something other than uh, Joker this year because watching yeah. those performances by comparison was like watching a duck get back into the water. It was <laughs> really, really great Aww. to see him act. Uh, ve- he's very good in it. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's very long and. If you have time, it go to shop. But yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. I just wouldn't put it yeah. among near anywhere near his top films. I could yeah. have seen it in theaters, and I was like, I'll gladly. I would have been pissed if I saw it in theaters. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite post I saw about it. I'm in this one, um, just Facebook group, and then somebody posted a photo of them watching The Irishman on their 3DS Netflix app, <laughs> and he was like, "Exactly how Scorsese wanted me to watch this." <laughs> oh yeah, he was like, yeah. "No phones, no phones, yeah, no phone." Yeah, uh, so that, <laughs> that he sounds, made me laugh he so sounds hard. very controlling. <laughs> he's pretty particular. How yeah. people, you know, receive his media. I, he's kind of earned it. But. He's such an asshole saying that stuff about Marvel, but it's like, dude, you keep making the same movie over and over again. Uh, like, Mafia. Nah, he's made a lot of other movies. Well, recently, though, I mean, like, all the movies that, like, I can remember seeing of his have been all relatively similar. I mean, they're not bad, they're good, but, like, same with the Marvel movies. They're just a specific genre, and it's fine if you well, don't like it. You know, like, he's a fucking old guy. He's a member he's of AARP. To have weird yeah. opinions okay, like boomer, that. You know, yeah. It's I mean, <laughs> sorry, Scorsese, but like, eh. what a fraud. Well, I wouldn't go. But Martin Scorsese is a genius. I'm going to say it for this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Great. Anybody else? Anything else? I finally saw Parasite. Yeah. It was nice. so, good. so good. So good. I, has everyone seen it? No. No. No, no not yet. Uh, Man, probably one of like the top three best movies of the year. It might be number one, but. Yeah. I think as far as like the Bong Joon Ho movies I've seen, this is by far my favorite. Yeah. Very good. I think a lot of the elements I love in Okja and Snowpiercer, like present or like in pair you can see sort of the sort of allegory in some moments there are definitely some comedic moments but it feels a lot more like uh like focused and like the plots are simpler in some ways but like the performances are so good and it builds tension so so well and yeah it's so good highly recommend yeah i've been itching to see that one yeah it's really good I hope it's going to stay in theaters for a while because I assume it's going to get Oscar buzz. It's been doing real well. Yeah, I feel like like usually movies like that stick around at the Ritz through like award season. That like could happen. And it just satisfies so many different like like movie itches as far as like, yeah, it's thrilling. It's got some elements of mystery and family dynamic and Mm. drama. And yeah, anyhow, really good. I saw Logan Lucky. 
the other oh, day. Oh, right. I want to see that. Um, Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, uh, Daniel Gosh, Craig. Daniel Craig with a southern accent. I know. I I, sent, I wrote <laughs> my so review rough. about Knives Out, and like uh, my editor Ryan was just like, "You have to see Logan Lucky. He's also doing a crazy accent in that movie." And I was like, "Yeah, I know. I will." Uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh, so it's sort of kind of out there, but it's I I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It's about the Logan brothers, who I guess have a unlucky curse but that never really gets flushed out it's just like thrown around here or there um so it's adam dryer chain tatum are brothers and then with their sister they try to rob the charlotte like nascar stadium because there's like a kind of like um airflow pneumatic system that sends all the cash into like a giant money vault and so they like try to break in and so it's, it's a really great heist movie um and daniel craig has a ridiculous southern accent and mm-hmm. a secret prison break movie as well huh um, I watched, we watched a couple of stuff recently and we rewatched Blade Runner 2049, which, whew, damn, that movie's so fucking good. I really love that <laughs> It's movie. amazing. I still haven't seen it and I own it. Yeah. Um, How is that possible? Sorry. <laughs> oh man, it's just fucking amazing. Uh, and then we, uh, also watched a movie that I wrote a review for called White Snake that's out at the Ritz right now. It's, um, a Chinese animation film, which I don't think I've ever seen like a Chinese animated film. Um, and it was the animation's really beautiful. It's like an interesting story. Um, it wasn't like totally coherent at times. I think maybe <laughs> it, we watched a bad translation of it too. Oh. So like that, I think probably th- it felt like there were just like a ton of cultural like things I was missing. So that's like kind of unfortunate. And like I don't think is entirely the movie's fault. But like I was like, oh, I wish I could be more into this. But like, yeah. I'm interested to see as the years go on, as like more and more like Chinese releases kind of be brought to america just like it'd be interesting there's like an audience forms for Mm. that because i know that's what the second or third chinese animated film to come out in america this year Mm. so just be interesting if that's like a trend and as hot as you know the chinese movie industry grows if that you know what importing those films look like for us uh i don't think i could get started on this episode without talking about the mandalorian and baby yoda um as of this recording episode five is going to premiere this week and i think the show is really awesome it's gotten mm-hmm. off to a great start it's only eight episodes a season they're currently filming a season two so i'm really excited to see how the season wraps up and then what it's looking like going forward it's really fun yeah, yeah. um the surprise of baby yoda at the end of episode one is like oh this show is going to be like something different yeah it's like it's i don't know it's just really cool and fun and makes me excited about more star wars things because we're also watching clone wars now Mm. so it's like i love star wars (laughs) i really live for the moments where like universally collectively we can all get behind one thing Mm -hmm. and whether you love baby yoda or you hate baby yoda like that's the thing that people are talking about. i mean if you hate baby yoda i I know like who the fuck (laughs) does baby yoda feature in every episode yeah yeah so they knew they had a gem. I, like, they I'm were like, shocked. They that rendered ca- it, and they're like, yes. <laughs> well, there's it's such a great mixture of CG and actual puppet work. Because there's moments where, like, he picks it up and touches it. And, like, the ear kind of, like, flaps against his, like, just moves against his armor. And, like, oh, this is, like, a real object that they're holding. Which almost didn't happen. Um, so I always mess up his name. Werner Herzog, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So he's in the show. Our he's buddy. got his crazy voice. That blows but apparently my mind. <laughs> what they were doing was filming scenes with the puppet, but then also without it so they could CGI something. And later, if they thought the puppet didn't work. And then he, like, yelled at them, and he wouldn't let them film his scenes with like without the puppet and he bit, said something like like you have no faith in your tiny green god leave it <laughs> god, I I was love like, that's Burner amazing 
Uh, Dave, have you seen anything about Baby Yoda or The Mandalorian? No. Um, here's my here's my piece of Star Wars right now. I'm going to go see um, Rise of Skywalker, and then I'm done with Star Wars. I, I can't do it anymore. Um, I love Star Wars. I really like the uh, – I mean the original ones are the one for me. Uh, I think the new ones are also very good. But my whole thing is, and I'm realizing this kind of today as I was thinking about this because I knew this was going to come up. Um, <laughs> it's all we've been uh, the, texting about in the group chat. The thing that kind of bums me out about this expanded universe via Star Wars is that it comes from such a simple black and white uh, duality, a very a very simple story where ca- the characters themselves are very big archetypal characters who are our only real attention and like vessel through which we really experience this world and the bigger the universe gets the smaller those characters become like it feels like it's diminishing the original trilogy to me at this point for it to be this thoroughly explored so that's kind of where i stand with it i'm looking forward to the last movie i'm sure it's going to be good Uh, i don't think the original trilogy is like sacred or anything either but for me just personally i i really only had much of an attachment to the the first three so I just don't want more. And there's going to be so much more. Well, I feel like it like maybe suggests that each of these characters are just like blips in the universe and that this universe is so expansive. Yeah, but that's sort of my issue with it is like it was a taller. It was like a huge story the first time. And now I'm realizing that that's such a small cog in this grander galactic story and history that I don't really want. I wanted that snapshot and got it. Yeah, I don't know. I really lo- and again, I'm speaking from like not knowing like anything about Star Wars, but I really liked um, Rogue One mm. because I think that that those stories sort of showed this like collective effort that like set in motion what we see in the original three, and then it really like took a whole. Bu- I mean, spoiler alert! Took a whole bunch of people to just fucking die. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think everybody knows what that. Means and now, yeah. I was like, yeah. I mean, I this is pretty this makes a lot of sense yeah. and finally like acknowledges how many people are dying mm. in this these wars and like these battles and these mm-hmm. causes and things like that but maybe maybe it does diminish from like mm. the like power of following single stories and things like yeah. that but. i mean even though they're like the center of this like you know sith and uh, jedi conflict like if if we're going to expand out to then like observe like the lives of individual stormtroopers as we've done and all, all these other things. I, I, I feel like we're, we're losing the, we're losing the forest for the trees a little mm-hmm. bit. I just, I love that. I love that. Like there are so many different stories to tell within this universe. I think that's super cool. Um, especially watching things that are really different, like clone wars and just watching actual battles and like what that looks like. And also watching the Mandalorian, which is just kind of like this one-off, like really interesting story. And I just like, it's cool that there's so much universe to, to do different stuff with. Yeah. And I definitely understand and appreciate that aspect of it. I just don't think it's, I I fatigue on franchises pretty quickly. So for me, a a quick shot that are centered around a big story with big characters is, is kind of enough. But I don't know. We'll see. I might check it out. I'm definitely going to see the last movie, and then we'll, when does that we'll come see. Out? But I think I'm pretty much checked out then. That's in December. December 20th. Oh, that's oh, obviously oh, a oh, big December <laughs> release. Yeah, yeah I'm, here? I'm waiting yeah, like to see if we weeks. get press passes. Oh my god! When are you going to see it? If you do, I don't know. Garrett was like, 
I might be able to, my friend might be able to get a plus one. I won't go without you because I knew you would kill me. If I can get another one, I was like, yeah, damn right. You are not seeing Star Wars without me. Well, that segment was brought to you by Wookie With That, a Star Wars yep. podcast within the Butter With That podcast. <laughs> will maybe... I love that idea of just like all the names coming back to something with that. Something with that. Mm-hmm. Hockey with that's gonna happen. Mm-mm-mm. That'll Patriot be the butter pa- blowout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say off that episode. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into our new theme. Uh, one of my favorite parts in the history of our podcast so far um, is I just love all the different themes we've come up with, and I love that for last December we did cold movies. <laughs> Hashtag is the snow real. Hashtag yes. is the snow real. The truth is out there. Um, and so for this month, we are not going to do four Chris, five Christmas movies, but instead we are celebrating Chris mass. We are celebrating the Chris's of Hollywood. Uh, it could be in the title of a movie. It could be the writers, the directors, the actors. If there's a Chris in it and you love that Chris, literally the sky is the limit. Um, no bottom of the barrel as we'll see. (laughs) Oh Oh, God. Oh man. Hinting for Dave's episode. (laughs) The long march to five oh, weeks fuck. from now. We're all remembering what it is. We got. Oh boy, it's gonna be messed up. But go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you got quite a month ahead of you, folks. And for my Chris movie, I chose Best in Show, uh, written and directed by Chris DeForgest. Mm, mm. um, <laughs> yes. Christopher Guest is a uh, filmmaker. He's married to Jamie Lee Curtis, which I think is. Hilarious and amazing. So, I would love well. to have dinner at their house. I feel like that'd be... He's also like a count or something. He's like what? landed he's house... gentry. He's in the House of Lords. He's in the fucking House of Lords. Wow. Wait, what? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he's so in the House weird. of Lords. Some par- Parliament. <laughs> yeah. How do you... He's, he's killing it. He played the game life in one. <laughs> like, yeah, it seems like... that way. Um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, released in 2000. Um, and so I just wanted to bring this movie to celebrate Christmas because Christopher Guest is one of my favorite Chris's working in Hollywood. Um, has anybody um, seen this movie before watching it for this episode? Many times. Yeah. yeah. Many times. Excellent. Probably one of the first times I've seen it in like recent years, though. I yeah, felt like I was much more of an adult now watching it who understand more things. So uh, this is a movie that I've seen a lot throughout my life and i feel like as every couple of years that i see i'm like oh that joke or oh that thing he's setting up or just like appreciating this movie more and more as time goes on Uh, but before we kind of dive into the plot and kind of uh thematic discussions um what do you guys think of the movie i love this movie i think it's so funny and it like held up which i was excited about Mm -hmm. i didn't care for it oh i'm sorry i'm so sorry it's okay all right I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to like this because I saw it like once 10 years ago and I think I laughed back then. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I and then I, I then. 15 minutes in, I was like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> 15 what, minutes in? Yeah. <laughs> what about it uh, What about it? lost you just out of curiosity? It's just, I, I do not, I live my life already with so much secondhand and firsthand embarrassment. I cannot handle watching a lot of that. I just need to leave. I need to leave. I can't take it. So like that a lot. Definitely built on like awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's very tense and very, very uncomfortable moments. Mm -hmm. It made me stressed out in a lot of cases with, um, (laughs) what's her, is Missy, Missy Pyle? Is that? 
Parker Posey. Parker, Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Parker Posey fuck. Yeah. I can use busy. Her, that whole story, I was like, I, I can't watch them anymore. I, I, I can't. I, I literally cannot. They may be the most intense. Oh. Yeah. Um, this movie is in- incredibly quotable for me, my family, and Alyssa and I. And so we always go, uh, don't spit at me, when she says to her husband, <laughs> Hamilton. When she's getting, like, Man, their relationship is like toxic as fuck. Yeah. And just seeing them unravel. Um, and just seeing all the pairs and all the dog owners go through like before and after. Uh, oh, Christine, kind of your thoughts. Oh, yeah. I, I think that was kind of something that I'm always reminded of when I watch it. How like how many different quotes I know from the movie. <laughs> and I just started watching Shit's Creek. And yes. it's like a wonderful reminder of what a talent Eugene Levy is. Mm-hmm. And now that I know what a talent his son is, too. And and him and Catherine O'Hara together. And Catherine O'Hara. I mean, I do love she Catherine O'Hara. She can literally do anything. And I absolutely love her so much. And I feel like we, we talked about her in uh, Orange County. Mm-hmm. And she's such a gem. And... Um, I think that many of Christopher Guest's movies that feature the same cast is just a wonderful testament to like you get a group of extremely talented comedians together and many scenes can be somewhat improvised and you can ha- mm-hmm. you can get like some real real wonderful moments from it and yes build such <laughs> awful anxiety from those moments too but um, I, I really, I think that every, yeah, every scene, every character, you know, the, they can really inhabit really nice moments. But I will say what I did like about the movie, the dogs. Oh mm. my God. Their terrier is so cute. Winky. The tiniest <laughs> legs. As he's running, I, I was know. like screaming. That's such a great point. It's like we, we, yeah, it's like we can talk about the performances of the actors and things, but the the point of the movie is the, you know, dog show and the dogs that they have featured in the mm-hmm. movies, in the movie are so wonderful and filled with so much personality themselves. I have a fun quick little trivia about the dogs. Yes. There was only one unrehearsed bark. Wow. Every single bark in the movie except for one was planned. That's you know awesome. which bark? It was when I think they're in the when they're in the like auditorium for the best in show. And it's like behind Whoa. the scenes. Mm-hmm. Before I think like there's one bark there like toward the end of the movie. Dave, how about you in best in show? Uh, I really really like this movie. I mean, um, I remember seeing it you know when I was like a teenager because it would have been on Comedy Central like at the time. Yes. And, like rotation. It was also huge HBO Comedy a lot. Center mm-hmm. uh, Central yeah. rotation. And, like, I remember seeing it even then and, like, really liking, you know, I really liked comedies as a kid and, and still still do most of them. Um, but this was one that, like, had a very different, like, kind of tone to it and very just, like, it stood out as, like, weirdly conversational in a really, really interesting way, which mm-hmm. we'll return to in the production notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also reminded me a lot of, like, a show like Home Movies and um, more conversational comedy. Um, so, for, so for me, it, which is the kind of thing that allows for, like, a lot of characters to really stand out. In how funny they make the situations without doing anything like slapsticky or funny, um, for the most part. Uh, so it really stood out as like a uniquely kind of like funny brand of of conversational and like um, slice of life comedy that I really really loved, pretty much right away. And I think it's pretty incredible that for all of Christopher Guest movies that are in this like mockumentary style, it's like that that tone is like consistent. Mm. Yeah, um, definitely. I did anybody see Mascots that came out on Netflix a no. few years ago? No. It's fine. It just, it kind of feels like trying to recapture the magic of like 
um, spinal, this spinal tap, best in show, waiting mm. for guff. Like, it feels like it's trying to tap into that energy and just is kind of like, where everyone's older, everybody's not as funny anymore. Uh. Like, uh, but I think this is my favorite Christopher Guest movie, and I'll just do a uh, brief synopsis for folks who have not seen it. Uh, Best in Show is a mockumentary that follows around a group of diverse and wacky dog owners <laughs> from across the country seeing their misadventures before, during, and after the historic Mayflower Dog Show right here in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. a.k.a. filmed in Vancouver and <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah, not Philly. Philly. Yeah. <laughs> um... And before we dive kind of further into elements of the movie, I thought I would just do a quick overview of the owners that we follow. Um, so the leads of the movie are Cookie and Jerry Fleck, played by Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy. Uh, Harlan Pepper, who's from North Carolina and is played by Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. I remember, oh I God, think I maybe five, uh-huh. five or six years ago, I realized that that was Christopher Guest. Before I was like, man, who is this man that they found like out of the... Anyway. Um, With... The um, ventriloquist. ventriloquist, and yeah. then the the cactus that falls. I was like, he literally tries to spin it, and it just like hits something. And I was like, oh, he couldn't even get a full circle. I was like, save me from this hell. End this hell. End it. Um, uh, perfect. Harlan Pepper definitely. He might be my favorite character in the entire uh, movie. Um, and I just think how they set up everybody. Um, their life before it's like everyone comes from these different circumstances and his is that he's a uh, he runs a fishing shop in North Carolina and you just see him like running a shop and trying to teach this kind of like I guess sort of like dumb worker there of like now you put the flies on here put the flies over here on this map we're going to direct where people go throughout the fishing site and he also has bloodhounds as well and oh. Hubert the bloodhound is absolutely adorable he's very love true. for his dog is just mm-hmm. yeah. something that can never be recreated <laughs> No, I love that dog. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that statement, but I just was like, I, I mean, it resonated. It was. Yes. Imagine the itself. scenes, like in, like as he's driving to the dog show. I mean, the naming nuts scene, but like it's, the dog is right beside him. Anyhow, I mean, oh my he's god, the, the naming most, nuts. Uh, I don't know, like human guess of, of these guys. I think. Uh, <laughs> or, 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 or yeah, or Levy and O'Hara, but yeah, yeah, but maybe even more so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel for him the most. If he's just this guy just trying to live his life, goes to a dog show, does really well, and then kind of abandons that career because of this loss. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, Scott Dolan and uh, Stefan Vanderhoof, played by John Michael Higgins and Michael McKean. <laughs> They're so good. Um, so definitely some like, ooh, early yeah. 2000 stuff with yeah, some of the, yeah. the uh, gay jokes. Some but yeah. I think after that initial scene where they're like at the butcher shop and then it's like, great, like it's a phallic pepperoni sick i get it i think then afterward they're definitely one of the uh really compelling pair um and especially their rivalry rivalry with uh sherry ann cabot and chrissy cummings <laughs> so yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. um played by jennifer coolidge and jane lynch who i forgot was in this and i was like oh shit I like this yeah. is like her big this was her, her big comedy rollout yeah. yeah yeah this was her breakout role mm-hmm. and she's so good yeah yeah and the final pair are Parker Posey and Michael Hitchcock, who play Meg and Hamilton Swan. Yes. Um, I love them so much. The story about them meeting, I was sitting there just <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. I've been through some J.Crew catalogs. Like, we were at different Starbucks. Starbucks. <laughs> 
Um, Christopher Guest said that years before he started filming this movie, he mm-hmm. wrote down catalog, catalog couple people, or catalog, catalog yeah, couple that's right. um, because this couple is bonded by their love of L.O. Bean catalogs. Oh my God, when he's like looking at uh, his coat and he like goes to check the tag to see if it's L.L. Bean, you're like, why? Yeah. Oh. Can I just look? Can I? Can I just look? <laughs> Who does that? I know. Um, yeah, everybody that I just read off is like such a standout performance. And then some movie. of the the smaller characters are really good too. Like mm-hmm. I always forget the the guy who plays the um the manager of the hotel. Oh yeah, yeah, he's amazing. amazing, but he's so funny in I it. I love him. <laughs> well, we have this room. <laughs> this is a he's like trying to be closet. so accommodating. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I can't remember. I can never remember his name, mm-hmm. but he's in, in so many movies. And oh, Fred Willard. Fred I can't Willard. believe I almost uh, forgot to mention Fred Willard. First thing I saw him in, and man, what a perfect intro. Mm-hmm. And Bob Balaban, who is um, kind of a, he's always kind of a silent but pivotal pivotal character. He plays um, the judge, mm-hmm. or one of the judges. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in Waiting for Guffman, he plays the conductor of the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And I think he and Christopher Guest are like, tight. I think he like might contribute to some of the writing and some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But, I always love him. Um, yeah, just an, an amazing cast. And, you know, in a post office, post Parks and Rec, it's kind of funny going back to, like, I can't really think of anything. I'm sure there's been mockumentaries earlier, but this, for me, is, like, the big standouts in my knowledge of, like, mockumentary cinema. And so taps up there, too, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think it's fun, because that was in the 80s, right? Yeah. So I feel like it was, what, Spinal Tap, Waiting for Guffman, then Best in Show? Because those yeah. movies are separated by like twenty years, so I think it's interesting that like mm. he w- like just seems to wait a very long time to produce these films. And the tone of Spinal Tap feels different than yeah. the later Christopher mm-hmm. Guest, yeah, characters and like m- mode. It is like more mood. slapsticky in the sense that the drummers just keep inexplicably exploding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the characters are like like cool rock and rollers, yeah. and like all of Christopher Guest's other characters are. At, like the opposite of like, mm-hmm. yeah, like like popular known rock and rollers deeply average individuals yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> deeply so, average so um, how do you guys feel about the like mockumentary style do you feel like that still feels like relevant today that or was that kind of like feel like a little over it or still feels like fresh with you know 20 years later I mean for this movie yeah I don't if you mean like movies that are being made like that today I don't really know but like this, I feel like hits a really like, it feels like a very specific time and, and place when I watch this movie, mm-hmm. and and I look like that. It's enjoyable. Yeah, it feels very Avira. Yeah. But, I mean, Avira in stuff that like stood out in that era, atypically at the time, I guess, because mm-hmm. like this doesn't like you know as we were saying before, it doesn't feel like a lot of comedies that came out around then. But looking back now and and having seen like, uh, Parks and Rec and The Office and stuff, and getting more used to that format, it has. I guess it feels more of the era, even though as a movie it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Something I love about mockumentaries is how the the camera and the camera angles are part of the comedy, mm-hmm. and like that's that's in the office and and particularly in Parks and Rec, where some things wouldn't be funny unless like the camera didn't move that way or didn't mm-hmm. zoom in that way, and so I I like when I think about my sense of humor, like Parks and Rec mm-hmm. hits it so well, and it is so much a part of that so you know if best in show helped get parks and rec and and that (laughs) then you know i i can appreciate that and i think like mockumentaries i can't think of any recent ones but i don't think i'm sick of them yet oh interesting 
Um, growing up, this was probably we talk. I think we talked about before of like our comfort movies, and so this was definitely one for me because he said it was played on TV a lot. Um, this was sort of like my quote unquote like test movie when Alyssa and I started dating. Of <laughs> uh, like, if she loves this movie, then like <laughs> she's the one. Uh, she never saw it before we watched it in college. Pretty high stakes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I mean, not really, but. Um, but she loved it and we uh, as Christine as you brought up this movie is insanely quotable which I think is incredible that almost all of this movie was improvised Mm. Um, there are Mm -hmm. I think Dave we were looking up 16 pages yeah 16 pages all together but there were it was resulting I think what was it like 60 hours of footage Mm -hmm. because they just let them riff off of like small uh, just like scene framing notes I mean that for sure feels like what's happening with um uh, what's his name? The announcer. Oh Fred my Willard. god! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, everything well, he says feels so natural. <laughs> Especially because, and this is a really cool production that I found that uh, Fred Willard playing uh, Buck Laughlin uh, was specifically instructed by guests not to do any research on dogs. <laughs> so he just because he keeps so making he baseball references the whole time, the whole and time. his character I think is based off a real guy who. Is a baseball commentator um, who didn't know anything about dogs and was asked to like, oh, you're a recognizable face. Why don't you just sit in on this dog show and just, you know, see what happens. He also (laughs) plays almost the same exact character in um, Pitch Perfect. Huh. Oh, yeah. I I can't even place him in Pitch Perfect. He's one of the judges. Is he the judge? So good. Yeah, he's great. Not Um, judge, announcer. He's a joy in this movie, and um, mm-hmm. I remember that standing out a lot, even at the time. Yeah, they filmed. So we have these two commentators, Fred Willard and uh, the other, the other guy, the British man, whose name escapes me. I've uh, seen in a bunch of Jim Piddick. Jim, sure, Jim Piddick. Yeah, P I D D O C K Piddock. He was filming a TV show in London, and so they flew him out to Vancouver, and him and Fred Willard had a day and a half to do all the commentary. They, like, (laughs) showed him what they filmed, and so they just had the two of them, like... Just go back and forth for hours and hours. For so they're just watching the footage of the movie. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> like, awesome. oh, that's great. That's really cool. That's just sitting in front of some random set. <laughs> and they so call in the extras to put behind them. Oh my god! Oh, when he's great. talking about uh, like the history with like he's like, yeah, we're in Philadelphia, where like the Mayflower yeah, landed, yeah. and they were like, <laughs> and then he's like talking about Christopher Columbus, and he's just like, that, that's not true, and he's like, yeah, well, he landed all over the place because there was the Nina, the Pinta, the <laughs> yeah. Santa Maria. And Bob Balaban's like that. No, no, that, no, that, no, 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 no. that was so good. And it's just like, like something like that. I was like, man, I could see just like some random dude's like <laughs> uncle, like some random person's uncle, just like saying stuff like that or being like that. And it was so amazing. When given a microphone. Yeah. Oh exactly. <laughs> and yeah, as far as that improvisational stuff goes, I mean that that was kind of what I was alluding to before. I guess something that I I picked up on without even really absorbing it because I didn't know that at the time of either thing why it felt like home movies because much of that was improvised in the studio as well so like seeing the two of them shoulder to shoulder and seeing that conversational comedy style appear that is very like awkward but also like there's a tension in how funny it is even performing it between the actors Mm -hmm. it's like really something unique and cool and I'm I think it makes this movie way more interesting and I, I couldn't find a lot of interviews about this movie, but I found some, like Jane Lynch and uh, Fred Willard talking about working with uh, Christopher Guest. And it sounds like they spent a lot of time like going over character. So like these actors knew who their characters were forwards and backwards, which then allowed them just to work for hours and hours, mm-hmm. just like developing these scenes. Um, 
which kind of also makes me think of like Adam McKay and Judd Apatow movies of, you know, about 10 years later. Cause those like Will Ferrell, John C. Rowe, all those Seth Rogen are like heavily improvised, but I feel like those ones are much more like I am Will Ferrell or Seth Rogen improvising as my, you know, SNL celebrity self. Yeah. When this one feels so much more like character driven improvisation. Mm. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I feel like it's also, I feel like, we attach a lot of the stars of Christopher Guest movies to Christopher Guest movies. So it's like each character is inhabiting or each actor is ha- inhabiting the characters that they're playing versus like big star, like big stars like Will Ferrell. You, it's hard for you to like not see Will Ferrell just saying ridiculous <laughs> shit. Right. Like uh, Tom Hanks as uh, Mr. Rogers. No one's going to see Mr. Rogers no. in t- no, no Tom one. Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Mm. I will see that movie, but there's no way I'm watching Mr. Rogers. I, I will see that movie, and I will cry, I, but... <laughs> um, any, anybody have... We talked about Harlan Pepper a little bit, but any other standout moments from the other couples or owners? The Shih Tzu calendar. Was <laughs> oh, my God. The best oh, thing so of the movie. The the Gone with the Wind was perfect, but the... <laughs> what was the third one? Was it the uh, Building on Fire? No, gone. that was the that was Gone with the Wind. Oh, mm-hmm. there was a oh. Casablanca one. Mm, no, it's I think it was the one after the Casablanca mm-hmm. one. I, I I can't even remember what it was, but I, I remember laughing out loud and saying to my roommate, "That's it, that made the whole movie <laughs> worth it." Yay! <laughs> um, I mean, Catherine O'Hara is just really great <laughs> in her role of just being like the I don't know. Married woman with a past, I guess. <laughs> yeah. When they like go to the house to stay with like her former boyfriend or something, and oh, that actor is amazing too. Paolo from uh, Princess Diaries. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he's like talking about being a uh, a crisis uh, negotiator. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Oh, and then god. like Dad in Ten Things I Hate About You is that that guy? Oh, he might be. I can't remember. I can't. Anyhow, sorry. <laughs> but like he, uh, he's talking about like he's you know just being a dick while also like hitting on Catherine O'Hara at the dinner table and, <laughs> and stuff. just like full mouth kisses her as they oh, walk in. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> and then his son steals their dog, <gasps> and the first thing he does, he goes, "Honey, honey, like this is my job." And he's like, "I'll gouge your eyes out." <laughs> just like Jesus. The kid is sitting on the roof with the dog, <laughs> with the dog in his hand, about to like throw it off. It's so funny <laughs> um one of my favorite moments is uh basically or just everything with um jane lynch and jennifer coolidge mm-hmm. like their whole relationship of um and when you're introduced to her she's married this guy who's like what 45 years older than her he's oh, like 80s yeah. like he's no teeth the, the line that made me like die right at the beginning is when they're she's being interviewed with him and she's talking about all the stuff they have in common she's like no like peas. soup <laughs> We could talk for hours or He or reminds not talk. me for hours. <laughs> um that actor and the way that they made him look reminds me of the the little mermaid and the condemned souls that uh, yeah. Ursula has. They're just like on the bottom. Yep. <laughs> That's what he looks like. Um one of the most quotable moments in my life comes from when um Rhapsody and White, who's the poodle that they have, wins best of uh the <laughs> Best of breed. And then on the TV, we're watching John Michael Higgins and um, yeah. McKean go over, and it's like that was like, oh, they they won again, and then they Jane Lynch and Jennifer Coolidge kiss on camera, and then like Rhapsody has two mommies. <laughs> uh, when my mom came out of the closet when I was in high school, then we were like, Connor has two mommies. <laughs> and so that was just like a funny joke that's just been like running through my family for a very long time now. Um, yeah, I go I go way back with this movie. This is probably one of the first comedies I remember seeing. Like 
you know, as when I was a little older. Um, and I wonder if this is where my like love of improv comes from, like going back this far, um, just watching it this time for the podcast being like, Oh, I wonder if like my whole basis of like the comedies that I love, like come from this one movie here, which is just kind of wild to think about like how influential some like incredibly early movies can be, um, for folks. Um, uh, gotta give a shout out as Christine did to Schitt's Creek with Eugene Levy. Um, he is just absolutely stand out in this movie. Uh, born with his two teeth. left feet. Oh God! Did you say his teeth? Yeah. What about his teeth? Aren't they fake? In the in that movie, yeah, Eugene Levy. Are they? Fake? They have to be. Yeah, they, he looks insane in that <laughs> he movie. He does. He does. Like he looks like a a normal human in Schitt's Creek. <laughs> you know. I don't think I ever noticed that he had funny teeth. That was the first thing I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it I just... also felt like such a big moment for him when he was able to uh, walk the dog with his two left feet. Yeah. And, like, oh my god! Mess when up, he takes like, her yes. place yeah. and then he does the walk around. Oh, yeah, that dog running. I could have watched an hour and a half of just that. Mm-hmm. I think I could watch an hour and a half of all dog show runners. Yeah. Like, the way that owners run their dogs mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so funny. This, like, very careful, steady, light jog, it's but, like, head... It's like a dance. It's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> the The judge has to see the gait of the dog. Oh like, how far God. away the legs go. Mm. Um, did you guys see that, uh, who won the Thor. best in show? Thor, the yeah. bulldog, English bulldog from Philadelphia. Um, because Philadelphia does have, like, the national... Um, dog show but it's not in philly it's in oaks pa which is like i don't know 25 minutes from the city yeah mm-hmm. uh, but yeah thor the bulldog he was so cute Aww, and he was he winning won for attitude <laughs> his attitude was so good that he won <laughs> yeah. watching that on youtube he definitely had um a ton of attitude it makes me weepy i was watching this movie too and being like i'd be really bad at being one of these judges yeah like i would just be like up in their faces so cute. yeah <laughs> all the dogs win yeah i mean they must Except that one. well it's like and how do you pick from like seven different breeds one Whichever that's like one jumps on me first and then that's the best dog <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the best um when hamilton goes out the weimariner that they have oh, and jumps that poor stressed out animal God, that was such a great like that was such a great insight into like their relate their like terrible relationship channeled towards this poor dog that obviously is then going to exhibit all of the anxiety and stress Mm -hmm. that these people um are like emitting at all moments yeah the poor weimariner you're like i i hope for oh wait they get rid of him right they do so the movie (laughs) so the movie opens with um with uh, Megan Hamilton at a therapist's office uh, talking about their relationship problems, their sex yeah. problems. And then you think like talking about Beatrice, and, like who's Beatrice and like pans down to a dog that's also there with them. Who's caught them having sex. And so yeah, they put all of their anxieties and their pressures on this dog. Just so unfair. Yeah. This poor little guy. I, I wish the best for, um, what's the white Mariner's name? Beatrice. Beatrice. Oh, it's Be- yeah, 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 yeah. When they lose the busy bee and mm-hmm. she like, she like runs to go get it. And he's like screaming at the dog. Dog, like look at me and he's like don't look at these fat losers you look at me <laughs> oh and her relate and uh her moment with the store clerk at the pet uh, store next door uh, uh, and that guy was so good in that scene for like the two minutes he's in it <laughs> just like this great and as folks who work in the customer service world just like we've all seen people like that mm-hmm. who are just like intense in your face and you're just like what about this thing this is it, isn't it? This is a bear in a bee's costume. But I don't think the dog is going to know that. It's like, That's I'm... a fish. <laughs> um, definitely makes me think of like crazy dog owners I've seen. And also makes me think about like 
how crazy of a dog owner I am for like talking to my pets and um, just think about bringing Tony and Sage to a dog show and they would be absolutely oh. terrible. They're Aww. lovely creatures, but Sage would like cower and run away from the judge. Yeah. Tony would like jump up in her face. Yep. <laughs> I um. think um, Beatrice was the most relatable character. Just like the <laughs> <laughs> intense stress. <laughs> Beatrice with all of us. I like. That's a character I saw you're that eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw her eyes and I was like, "Yeah, I've been there." Mm. Oh, they have to put her in the crate as they're flying from Chicago. Mm. I was like, "That can't be." No. I hope that poor dog got a better home. I know. Maybe best for Beatrice. Like, didn't have to. That's the name of the sequel. Best for Beatrice. Oh, <laughs> uh, and so the movie, the last scene of the movie, ends with um, Megan Hamilton back at that same therapist, but they have a pug, and they're dressed in like felt. Like brightly colored felt scarves, and because before they spend the whole movie in like monochrome or neutrals, yeah, very worried about their fashion, how they look, and Mm -hmm. I think just the way the different uh, characters are costumed and personalities, how they kind of come together and like clash against each other, Uh, especially when they're in the dinner scene, like the pre um, show Mm -hmm. when they're having dinner there, and then as you mentioned, Hamilton goes and checks the back of Harlan's. Is that Nello Bean? And uh, seeing um, Eugene Levy and John Michael Higgins. Um, just kind of going off of each other. Like he writes Mary is his name. And then, uh, yeah, just all these funny people coming together just really makes this movie sore for me. Any other fa- final thoughts on Best in Show? Sorry. It's a really good one. Definitely worth checking out, I think. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. As a, at, uh, we're right around the time when it would have come out. And, uh, I think it still really holds up. I think it's very funny. Yeah. Um, a really great style of comedy, especially of era, as we discussed Um yeah, enjoyed it. Go Makes ahead. you want to go see Waiting for Guffman, rewatch that. I think I've only watched that once. I would definitely like to rewatch that. I did a double feature because I saw Waiting for Guffman for the first time right after Alyssa and I watched right, Best in Show. Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. It's sort of like a warm up for like the the heights for me that Best in Show achieves. It was a big deal because I grew up in like a community theater like group, so I remember everyone was obsessed with Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> it definitely hits that like small town movie and putting on a show let town puts on a show kind of movie which are just great tropes that are a lot of fun cool thanks for a great discussion on best in show um when i you know when we started this podcast over a year ago i knew that this would be a movie that i'd want to bring one day so i'm glad that christmas uh was the opportunity to check it out yes uh we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with character quiz and whiteboard question we are back we have two quizzes for you at the back half of this episode uh the first one we're gonna be talking about is what dog are we um so both of these via play buzz by the way Mm -hmm. thank Uh, you play buzz god praise play buzz (laughs) all right what did uh everybody get who wants to go first what doggy are you it says that I'm a Pomeranian because I'm an extrovert oh. at heart. <laughs> so this is fucking wrong. <laughs> Although I am small and I do like palm mixes a lot now. I'm real into them. Yeah. Um, mine said I'm a St. Bernard. You are known Ooh. for your calm, peaceful demeanor. You're a natural caretaker, nurse, and parent figure to everyone you meet. You're more interested in helping out and making people feel better than causing any kind of drama. You are especially great with kids. Aww. You are pretty comforting, like a Saint 
Bernard. Bernard. I always get that in the Bernese confused. Oh, <laughs> mm, beautiful. Bless. Um, I'm a Boston Terrier. Oh. I have a fun, playful, happy-go-lucky personality. Peacekeeper in relationships. Just want to have everyone have a good time. <laughs> All that is you, Which, Christine. Yeah, this picture is really cute too. No. That is a cute oh, picture. The face. Uh, Dave. Well, my window closed, um, so I don't have the accompanying description. So take from this what you will. I got a chihuahua. (laughs) (laughs) No description needed. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) I got a pit bull. You know what it's like to be misunderstood. You love action, adventure, and you aren't afraid of a fight. But that means you aren't also loving, affectionate, and looking to be surrounded by ones you love. Sometimes people judge you by your cover. But Aww. those people are missing the chance to get to know a truly beautiful person. Aww. I don't know. I think Connor's this Pomeranian. <laughs> <laughs> I always follow myself as a, like a golden retriever, Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack kind of person. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I do appreciate that we all got different dogs. We did all yeah. get different yeah. ones. That doesn't wow. uh, happen much. Nuanced Sam, quiz. Sam didn't get the xenomorph. <laughs> <laughs> Not this Wouldn't time. it be funny if it was like, you're a cat? <laughs> like, yeah, true. 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 Uh, character quiz time. Oh. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, this is, comes also from Playbuzz. What best in show character are we? I thought we were just going to do a dog one, but then I looked up a character one. There's a character one for best in show. Who wants to go first? It says that I'm Meg Swan. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't spit at me. <laughs> yep. Your biggest flaw is trying to do it all and do it all well. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it does at the end say, just relax, you busy bee. Oh, sweet busy baby bee. Busy bee. Mine, like, refreshed, but I got uh, Christy Cummings. <laughs> I got Christy Cummings, too. Yes. Uh, you are strong, confident, going full force into everything you do. You know who you are and what you want. <laughs> Some who work under you might describe you as a little tough, but they walk away stronger from learning under the discipline (laughs) with which you operate. And they respect you for that. And success almost always follows your efforts. Maybe one day. Um, Aww. I got... Gary Fleck. <laughs> so did I. Yes, <laughs> okay, so I'll read it. Um, you might not have been in the... Uh, hold on. Can I read? You might not have been in with popular crowd in high school, but the few friends you did have are still in your life today. True. You're kind, sensitive, and understanding. Your friends feel like they can tell you anything, and you'll listen without judging them or forcing advice on them. You aren't one to be in the spotlight, but if your family needs you, you'll be there as fast as your two left feet can take you. Yes. Way to go. Very nice. similar to the St. Bernard answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just imagine Eugene Levy owning a St. Bernard. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to imagine Chris uh, Christy Cummings winning with the with the Boston Terrier. <laughs> and finally our whiteboard question. Um we have a nice one this week. What is the movie that you've probably seen the most? Since Best in Show is one of the movies I've seen the most. Oh. It's probably between three movies. Jurassic Park, The Mummy, or Beetlejuice. Mm. Honestly. Classic Sam. Yeah. 
It's probably the Fellowship of the Ring. Really? The first one? Okay. Yeah. I've seen that many, many times. <laughs> uh, I think mine is because uh, my mom forces me to watch it every Christmas, mm. and that is uh, Love Actually. And not only, well, I didn't watch it at Christmas this year because Christmas didn't come up, but we watched it on Thanksgiving night. <laughs> there um, you go. And so I was like, great, met that expectation for the holiday season. <laughs> I don't have to watch that again. Hopefully. <laughs> but I will say, uh, after having seen this movie more times than I would like to admit, which I just did on air here, <laughs> everyone heard it. But I think that Emma, for all the like just shittiness of the other parts of that movie, Emma Thompson should get an Oscar every single year for that Joni Mitchell scene <laughs> because after having watched so it so many times I am always brought to tears by that scene so she deserves an Oscar repeatedly like an acknowledgement of like the I don't know hundreds thousands however many people watch it every holiday season <laughs> Which I can imagine everyone is brought to that same level of emotion that they did when they first saw it. And that deser- that is an enduring scene and an enduring role. Like, I can't... I don't know how many scenes from other movies, as, like, lauded and as acclaimed other movies, I can say, have brought me as much emotion as that Joni Mitchell scene. Oh, I don't know if others agree, but I will... Throw that out, into ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the 2039 Oscars, where once again, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right honestly, oh god, it just like brings me to tears thinking about it. Um, anyhow, yeah, that's that. Thanks. Mm. How about you, Dave? It's got to be Fargo. Um, there was definitely a period of time in college where, uh, I, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was right when I was living alone and things were pretty, uh, pretty hectic and not good. Uh, I definitely would have watched that movie. At times, probably at least three times a week. So mm. I would say I've seen that movie no less than like forty-five times, and uh, I would say that's that that wins it by a mile. I don't know what would even come close. Royal Tenenbaums might be like in the distance there, second. Um, but I don't know. It would definitely be Fargo by a landslide. I know that movie like the back of my hand. That makes me think that mine might actually be Tarzan because my sister <laughs> yeah. and I used to watch it like every night for like a month. Animated Tarzan? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking that Phil Collins. Um, I can so say that oh, probably the CD I've listened to the most is the Tarzan soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. Wow. <laughs> I used yeah, to put on up, Operation Neptune, pop uh, that CD in. Banger after like, banger. Yeah. Don't even, mm-hmm. I don't want to even go down that rabbit hole. Mine is also a Disney pick, probably The Lion King. Mm. Uh, I've seen the most growing up. Mm. And Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, I think it's actually Jurassic Park for me because I remember the tracking on my VHS going so bonkers that you had to rewind and fast forward really quickly together in order to like tighten the oh, yeah, VHS yeah. back Whoa. up. Yeah. Commitment. <laughs> I wanted to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for a great episode, everybody. Uh, anybody have anything to plug before we sign off? Uh, I think this week my uh, top 25 of the decade list will be up at Cinema 76 with a lot of honorable mentions that I forgot (laughs) to put in the list. (laughs) What's a movie that didn't make the list? That, like an honorable mention? No, just one that didn't make it. All of them. (laughs) A lot of movies I didn't like. I don't know. (laughs) I don't really know how to answer that. Was Paul Paul Blart, was that on there? No, it was not. I can't now think of movies I disliked. I've been spending too much time thinking of all the ones I liked. 
Uh, I want to give a shout out to Witch Path Podcast, friends Alyssa and Misty, starting the podcast. Episodes three and four are going to be recording shortly and putting out there into the world soon. Cool. Anybody else? Follow us on social media at Butter with That, at Butter with That One on Twitter, uh, Butter with That Podcast at gmail.com. All them links. Hit there us up. Let us know. Send us emails. Um, and with that, thank you so much, everybody. Bye. Our, enjoy Christmas. God loves a terrier. God, God loves, loves a, a terrier. terrier. Yes, he does. <laughs>